Trap nerds, trap nerds, real niggas like you never heard. We in this piece. Welcome, 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 welcome. You started it to the Trap Nerds Podcast, episode fifty. We in this piece, man. Got an incredible. I feel like the Tanya Harden shit need to be the intro. I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> we can do a little snippet before I start. <laughs> that need to be. That need to be. <laughs> Bitch, I love figure skating. <laughs> Fuck on crib, cuz. I've never seen those two statements said <laughs> in the same sentence. I love figure skating on Crip Cup. Shit, lit. Okay, but we got an incredible episode for y'all today. Robert Wood Jr. is going to be joining us later on in the show. And right now, we are joined by probably one of the coldest meme creators on social media. I don't know if Dre about to sneeze or what. I was waiting on you to say his name. Uh, but, like, hey, man, we, we, we got a special guest here. Mr. Chris Miles. <laughs> there we go. Shit. How's it going, bro? How you doing? I'm good, man. Um, y'all, y'all may know me as my uh IG handle, Critics of Culture. I probably should have had that in the the little thing right there where my name is, but my name's Chris Miles. But I'm Critics of Culture on Instagram. I've made a lot of viral memes. Uh, a lot of my content has been reposted on the Shade Room by the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne's reposted and supported a lot of my content on my page. Probably one of my biggest supporters, Hip Hop DX. Um, Elliot Wilson, Rap Radar Podcast, Vlad TV, Joe Budden. So I've gotten a lot of uh, reposts from a lot of major platforms. And I'm also a creative too. I've written for Mar- Marvel Comics alongside Charlemagne. We got to do a story together about Blue Marvel. So uh, that's uh, on Blue Marvel's Voices. Um, that came out back in 2020. So, you know, as I, I do make memes, but that's just one of my attributes. I, I'm also a creative person, so I'm definitely trying to use the memes as a way to break into the industry and do more creative things, you know, more producing, writing, and hopefully getting behind the scenes uh, more projects. Speaking that's of producing dope, and writing and stuff like that, that's a dope idea. What kind of writing do you see yourself doing? Um, I really would just like to make some dope stories, man. Like, I grew up in the... um you know, the, the DC animated universe era, yeah. you know, when, when, um, Dwayne McDuffie was, was making all those stories for Justice League, you know, and then before that, uh, you know, the Spider-Man, X-Men, and not to me, of course I'm into anime too, but as far as just, you know, we talking strictly comics, um, that's what I grew up on. And then, so I think just a lot of my influences come from a, a mix of, uh, anime, comics, comic book, um, not the necessarily comic books, but cartoons. See, I grew up in the yeah. cartoon era, so I, right. I watched the, I didn't grow up reading the comic books. I grew up watching the cartoons. So cartoons and anime, uh, probably two of my biggest influences, uh, far as my creativity. What are your like top animes that influenced you? Uh, well, of course, the goat. Dragon Ball Z. Um, Every black nigga's favorite anime. <laughs> it started all of us off. Everybody got started off on Dragon Ball Z. The beginning. Well, well, you know, well, well, you know, Goku's like the Jay-Z and the Michael Jordan of the, the anime world, you know, he, he wrote the blueprint for most modern day anime. Like every signature attack looks like the Kamehameha wave. Every main character loves to eat and every main character has a transformation. And at some point, you know, the hair is going to get longer for whatever reason. <laughs> anime <Jesus. laughs> so, um, yeah, he's the Super Saiyan God. So, yeah, but my favorite anime is actually Bleach. Like, I love Dragon Ball Z. So, that's, you know, that's, that's you know, Bruh. what I started. But my favorite is actually Bleach. I know Bleach get, like, a lot of criticism. But, like, take out the filler episodes. It's actually one of the dopest anime, and it deserves to be mentioned. A man of culture. Critics of culture. It, de- it deserves to be mentioned in those big three uh, Bleach, Naruto, right. One Piece conversations. How you feel about our niggas finally coming back? I'm, I'm happy. I'll be on. I'll be on so the manga. Happy. I'm so and I and, and and Bleach was actually the first manga I read because when they canceled the anime in March 27, 2014, you started they, reading the manga. I had to because you know I I didn't think they was gonna bring the show back and the Quincy arc, the the thousand year blood war is actually right. one of the one of the dopest arcs and I can't wait to see that animated. Granted, there were some things in the arc that I didn't like. I'm not gonna ruin it for anybody, but I'm hoping. And the anime definitely makes up for a lot of the uh, the lack thereof that's in the manga. Right. Because that's how I be feeling. Like, people be like, you know, I feel like like the manga is like, if you actually read the manga with like Bleach, you would just be like, oh, shit. But then it's like, 
the anime cut off early, so you know people don't understand why we so hype is coming back. Cause it's like it's so much shit happened y'all do not know about. Well, I think the biggest problem with Bleach was the fact that uh, it was the filler episodes. I think by the right. time Bleach came out, we had already had enough of filler episodes with One Piece and Naruto. And by the time Bleach would come out, it would drop a dope story. And then it will be filler episodes. And I think people just got tired of that. And I think that caused the ratings to drop because everybody talks about the Save Rukia arc as the best arc in the, the show. But I actually like the, um, the fake Katakura Town arc and the Save Ornahime right. arc. I think those arcs right. are actually better. And Ichigo face palm and eyes in mid sentence is one of the greatest anime moments in history. So like, I'm, I'm all for the show coming back. I just uh, think the filler episodes, I, I just think the filler episodes really took away uh the core audience and the you know took away from what made right. bleach so great but I'm, I'm happy to see his return all right i'm gonna name a couple of anime i want to get your opinion on them. what do you think about this anime because we be on animes right here yeah. like you ain't gotta worry we we with them shits so what do you think Ooh. about yu yu haka show where you rank that yu haka show yu haka show is, is definitely up there um 112 episodes just like hunter hunter was able to you know it's by the same creator but they was able despite the fact that it was over 100 episodes or even over 50 episodes it was still able to tell a captivating story without losing its audience so i think actually hunter hunter yu haka show and full metal alchemist are uh, the reason why they're so great is because they have just enough episodes without it turning into a dragon ball z where yeah. it's like hunt and it gets uh what's the word i'm looking for it gets oversaturated yeah yeah like it there's substance there it has just right, it, like, and, it, and it ended so i think that's that's what makes them great you know i actually made a meme a while back i don't know if y'all know that guy the mo lowry he be um but that's my nigga bing 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 yeah bing, yeah bing, bing, bing. i actually made a meme i said which uh which move would you like to learn it was rasengan kamehameha wave spirit gun or her hadoken he actually did a video on that one but i just think i think uh you haka show is i'm not gonna as far as like the big three that whole big three conversation you know gets a little it gets a little uh uh, conflated, but I will say Yu Haka Show was definitely, um, definitely up there with DBZ as far as storytelling, yes, as far as yes. character, and even as far as strength. And it kept the story concise. That's like, what, that's my favorite thing about Yu Haka Show. It didn't have like a thousand right. fillers in it. It was it was great. Exactly. But exactly. Uh, each filler made sense to the bigger picture yeah. of it all. Like, but it wasn't a season. Each... It wasn't a season right. full of fillers, and that was the problem right. with the the Naruto's, the Bleaches, and the One Pieces. They just had like two filler episodes to make you learn exactly. the backstory of people to why shit was fucked up, and then you'd be like, "All right, bet." Yeah, even with Ooh, Dragon Ball threes. Z, they didn't have they didn't have a bunch of fillers either, and even the the fillers they did have was still dope. Watching Goku and Piccolo get their license was dope to me as a kid. When Gohan was just by himself and Piccolo was like, "You got it, nigga." That them filler episodes. That's why niggas respect Gohan so much. Type shit. Like he was doing wild shit when he was like twelve and Piccolo. He got kidnapped, left on the fucking hill, got chased by a T-Rex, and got cool with a gang of orphans, and half of them got locked up, and he wasn't the only one. And 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 he and he still wasn't ready for Vegeta and Nappa. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's how you know Piccolo Black. He He's supposed to get you prepared, but you still weren't ready. That's how you know the Gohan was a purebred saying he not used to shit like that. He just got to fight. That was the most unprepared. He was he was supposed to get Gohan. Gohan was not ready to face them too. He threw that nigga in real life, and it wasn't enough. Still wasn't enough. I had a question. I was gonna throw in there, but Abaku, you said you had. Uh, yeah, uh, man, throw your question. He in, brought nigga. he brought up he brought up Hunter Hunter. What did you think about the Chimera Ant arc? That's the only problem I have. One of the, the greatest. No, oh, yeah. the Chimera Ant. Uh, I hate listen, this arc. Listen, that listen, a- listen. The Chimera Ant arc is one I'm of the most. This uh, one of the most diverse storytelling. You've never seen a story like the Chimera Ant arc in in any anime. I think that's why I said uh, what's his? I forget his name. Uh, Toshihiro Yo. I've, the guy who made Hunter Hunter and the guy who made Yu Hakusho is very innovative and has a great way of of um making his stories. Like you can't compare Yu Hakusho to anything else. I mean, you can kind of compare it to DBZ with the way he a looks and the way the spirit gun looks. But outside of that, Hunter Hunter and Yu Hakusho is so well written. I love the um Chimera Ant arc. There was parts of it that made me. St- that that I didn't like, and it wasn't even a big criticism. I just didn't like the fact that Hisuka wasn't in it because I would have loved to see what Hisuka would have did had he been there fighting those um those ants. 
And last one before you get your that Christian. That was an influential arc, man. Well, 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 hold on, hold on. Why didn't you like it? Hold on. Why didn't you like that? First arc? of all, I right. thought it was. You can't too- have you can't have Hunter X Hunter without that arc. I'm sorry. Well, yes, you can to me. I I just didn't like the arc at all. It was too long for me. No, that's one part. Too I that arc made it too, yeah, too long. It was too long. It was too long. That's one of them like you do or die arcs. Like if you ain't making out of that arc, you wouldn't like a ma- you went you ain't have main character. Goddamn you shit. Sam. See, you know what I'm saying. This is the problem. This is the problem. I, it was too long for me. I I didn't really like the Chimera uh, character. This is a this is a this is a take oh that I have. God. This Look, is a take that I have. That people, the finger. This is a take that I have that people hate. Yeah, yeah. like where do you see where, where do you see character Baku development? Where do you see antagonists have character development like that outside of like a Zuko or a Vegeta? You saw the bias. This is a take that people hate that I have. I like the Greed Island take arc better than the Chimera and arc. I like the island arc better than the A lot of people like that. Like that. That's not that's not uncommon. I like it way better than Chimera and Arc. But moving on. This is the this is the anime. This is the only anime that I, I put in my arc, like nigga. top ten that people I always disagree with. Inuasha. What do you think about Inuasha? I think Inuyasha is the Drake of anime, actually. Um, and let me ex- hey, let me explain that. That's the best I've ever heard. Let me, just, like let, I felt it. Let me explain. But I want you to. Let me explain let why. Say. So Inuyasha, um, on the surface, you know, looks like it will be something that you know a lot of guys will be into. But the main demographic is women. Let's be honest. Um, don't get me wrong. Men like every bitch men, was Kagome. Yeah, men like the character in Yuyasha. But as far as like as a show, that show is for women. I hear more women hold that show in high regard than I do men. And I think it's because if you just look at the show and I I tried to get into it outside of being a casual fan, I, I had a I had a hard time. It doesn't follow the typical shonen protagonist and protagonist anime, and I can see why, because the romance factor of it takes away, I feel, from the shonen aspect of it. And I just, and that's why I said Drake, because don't get me wrong, Drake's a dope rapper, but we all know his main demographic, like a LL Cool J, like a Ja Rule, like a Nelly, is women. And nothing's wrong with that, but I don't think Inuyasha as a show is as good as the other anime out there. And the way the format of that show was set up, it just seems like I said, I call it the Drake of anime for a reason. It's like, it's, yeah, the guys like the character. The character in Inuyasha is what the guys like. But outside of that character, that show is not interesting at all. It's like Inuyasha and Shoshomaru. <laughs> Those are the only two interesting parts about that show. And they don't even focus on them as much. They, I feel like they focus on, um, like random episodes where they take someone out and then they get a jewel shard and, uh, their relationship with the love triangle between Kikio, Kagome, and, um, Inuyasha. But that, that's just my take on it. I mean, what do you think? You, that's a, that's a pretty good, like, uh, summarization of it. I, I like your take, Damn, man. That's, you that's, guys that's, shut the fuck that's up. That's a good take. That's a good take. That's a good take. I got nothing, Chris, I got nothing to say. Like, I love I say he, that was a good take. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good take. Yeah, yeah. I have nothing, I have nothing against it. It's just, I really couldn't get into it as a, as someone who, who grew up watching certain anime, uh, I guess, plot. Plot, um, storytelling and development and stuff like that. Inuyasha was unlike anything I've ever seen. Like I said, I hear I hear more women talk about that anime, and I think there's a reason behind it. Inuyasha is a hood nigga dealing with his crazy ass like it, homegirls that he fucking in the hood type shit. Inuyasha is a dream boyfriend for every hood female because he a fight and he mean and stuff, but they can still control him. Yeah. I feel I feel offended. I feel attacked. <laughs> well, I just don't I just don't hear enough I, don't, I just don't hear enough men talk about that show when um when I have these anime conversations for me to that's the reason why I put him, you know, in that category that I put him in. But I did have one question unless is there something you want any you had to say? I will say shout out to Mor- it's Moroku when when yeah, Moroku yeah. the nigga with the wind, wind yeah. tunnel shout out to him because niggas fake on his art a lot of times because my nigga was like basically pervy sage of Inuyasha but literally he could fucking die off the fact that his greatest superpower can murk his ass and that's the other thing about Inuyasha if you notice Inuyasha really doesn't have um any good fight scenes I've never heard any it, I've never yeah, heard anyone talk like, about a, a fight scene in that show that was like on the level of Goku versus Frieza or Naruto versus Pain or Yusuke versus Sensui like I never hear anyone talk God, about so any good. of, it was uh, one of Inuyasha's them, fight scenes all they battles was dead as like pure, it was like 
like the shit was lit, but you was worrying about it wasn't like the fight was the like background. It was the story behind the fight. A mm-hmm. lot of times, and like, that and that story had to do with a love triangle. It, it that was like yeah. the main. That was the main thing of that. Don't the get me main, wrong, like, Naraku, Naraku, and all that stuff yeah, was important. Nara- but the main thing was that love triangle. And the only other shit was like when like the the only person that could like calm Inuyasha down when he went full. You know, like he'll have a night when he go like full human. Mm-hmm. But if he go full demon, he loses shit in Shishomaru. As much as he hate this bitch ass nigga, he the only nigga can calm him down when he a full fledged demon type shit. So you have them little moments, but it was just more like caring, right. I guess. Like it went like about the fights. So it was like this nigga's losing this shit, but somebody has to calm him down through the power of yeah. like friends. You know how they pull the friendship? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my brother. Yeah, my, I think you know I that think, was that. That was like, more so the power of love. Yeah, you know they do that. Instead they had of, like, a they had a very they had a very Pokemon it. they had a very Pokemon setup where it was just a bunch <laughs> of random episodes that took forever to get to the end. Right. All right, well I was just gonna ask. Um, Have everyone seen, seen Hunter, Hunter, Hunter 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 Hunter? Has everyone seen oh, Hunter oh. Hunter? Oh yeah, I haven't. I, seen I, I haven't. That's one I've. I've Snacks don't never watch shit all the way through, so it, it was, it was kind of slow moving for me. So I kind of gave up on it. Okay, well, Hunter Hunters <laughs> has a good balance between fight scenes and story, so it's not all about fight scenes. There's a good storytelling aspect of it that makes it great. I just want to ask this though: Who do you think will win in a death match, Razor or Hisoka? Because remember, Razor was part of the people powering Greed Island, and we know how strong Hisoka is. Ah. Because we, we uh, never my, we never really got to see the full strength of neither I one of them. Wanna, I don't know. This I might want, be kind of uh, biased. I'm I'm going with Hisuka. It might be kind of biased. Though. I was because I like. Him I was about character. to say I was about to say Hisuka too type shit. Like, I just I don't know. It could go either no way. Yeah, okay, I, I do no know idea. about Razor. I do know somebody about because you know how they pull it like somebody <clears throat> won and then somebody just pull a McGuffin out their ass out of nowhere word, and win. You know yeah, because they didn't they didn't necessarily fight each other. It was more so like a challenge type of thing. Right, like that was so. But, but remember, respect. but remember, he did damage Hisako, which isn't easy to do. And Hisako's one of those characters that usually outsmarts his opponents. But Razor has a lot of like he's like powerful, powerful. So yeah, he bruised strength. That's why. I was I was thinking. I was so upset that Hisoka wasn't in the Chimera Ant art. But um, one thing I, I one more question: Who who will win between Eraserhead and Hero Killer Stain? Hey, I don't Ooh, give a fuck. A... I'm going with Eraserhead all fucking day. I'm taking Stain. That's my nigga. That is nigga. That's my spirit animal. I'm taking Stain just because his the, his power that that one drop of blood and it's over with. So I'm taking Stain. Both of them. Then the reason why I paired those two is because both of them are hand to hand combat fighters and was, and they're known for like taking people's power or immobilizing people in certain aspects. I feel like that will be a, a dope fight. One one person said in the comment section that um if Eraserhead wraps up the fight quickly, he'll have it, but if he drags it out, it'll Stain. be more it, it'll be yeah, it'll no. be more likely in he Stain's fuck. favor. Is yeah. it, it, the more if it, it'll be in, it'll be in his favor more if he just let the, he got to go on end down or if like the only and if he let it co- like drag, it's going to be that moment where he's just going to beat his ass and then Eraserhead <laughs> just going once again Pull a MacGuffin, an uh, anime MacGuffin, out his ass. I like a racer I like a racer but he spent the whole series getting two piece. So I'm taking stage. Yeah, that's <laughs> Or only, only he, one time. He already, it was he only can one, take hits. It was only one, one time that when he fought that Nomu, he got, yeah, he got his he face, got, he got his he came face back bust, to class, busted in. But he came back to class the next day like ain't shit happened with his whole face Fully wrapped up. Bandaged. Everybody like, yo, why you ain't well, take well, your face? And, and he can't, he can't use his. And he, he can't use his powers as long as he um as he could before too. All right, damn. Why you? Uh, shit, I was thinking about him in his prime. I mean, Stain oh. killed a Nomu, so he's already like ahead yeah. of Eraserhead on that. Oh well, no, but the Nomu Stain killed. I don't think was that same Diesel Brawlic one that All Might had to take out though. I think he took out one of the flying Nomu, which wasn't as strong. Right. Yeah. It went. Yeah. It went like super, just like OP as Nomu type. Shit. Yeah. Snacks. Have you seen um my hero? Nope. Nope, don't ask no. him. He ain't seen nothing. Yeah, you see right. why he's been quiet this what, whole thing. What enemy? What enemy has he seen? You ever, you ever, you ever know? <laughs> he watched like the first five episodes and then stopped. Now we looking what, like what, 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 he'll just object us. And you just start smiling. <laughs> what 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 have you finished? What have you finished? I mean, oh, 
fucking nothing. Drag Ball Z. No, there's no, I've gotten pretty far on. There's no, I, and I, it's pretty not, far. Wait, hey, what's, far. What's, it's what's only 25 far? episodes. I was about to say, like, what's pretty right. far? Like, episode All right. seven? All right, I'm not, y'all not about to jump me right now. I, I have animes. I finished the first season of Demon Slayer. That's crazy. Uh, that's ongoing. That don't count. Crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. I watched every single. Nigga. It's like three movies. That's another anime that the ladies love. Demon Slayer. I, I watched every single Digimon up until the Spirit Evolver uh, Digimon. Okay, that counts. Yeah, I only watched the first three Digimon. I like oh, the man. the first two and the Tamers. That was it. Digitamers. Digimon has Tamers the best character development. I only come back to Digimon when like the original first line will come back for shit when they adults and shit. Mm -hmm. I love it. Tamers got dark at the end, right? That was the one like it did, bro. That's one of the best seasons. That and uh, the Spirit Evolvers. Yeah, that D Reaper season was dope. I I I just want to say this before I go. Um, Spider Man No Way Home is the greatest Marvel movie ever. I heard, I, I listened to y'all's episode where y'all was talking about it. Y'all was giving it like these sevens like and that? eights. I give that movie a oh, 10 so. out of 10. There was only, that movie, that movie, that movie is like, is like, when I say greatest Marvel movie ever, I'm talking to going all the way back to Blade. I'm not even just meaning the MCU. I'm talking every Marvel not movie. Not Blade? Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Like every Marvel. I actually got into a debate with Charlemagne about it. Like, we, me and him was going back and forth. Because it wasn't because he didn't like the movie. He just said it was cool. And that wasn't enough for me. I was like, nah, this movie is great. He just said it was you good. He, he said it was good. And I feel I like have. that saying it's good and saying it's cool to me is a disservice. So I, I just want to put that out there. Like Spider-Man No Way Home is the greatest Marvel movie ever. Yes, yeah, it's, it's top six for me. That's it. It was cool. Well, I don't I know mean, about Baku the greatest though. It's going to be biased. I mean, the, I, I think the it's last, the best Marvel the movie this year. The last to your left we got was better. What? You, you said what? The last to your left was better on Endgame when it was like to your left and literally they pulled out Howard the Duck. Bruh. When a soldier's better when a soldier's better than no way uh no way home. Okay. I don't All right, All right guys. When a soldier's won the greatest the dead before he was dead pool. When a soldier's won the greatest of all time. And, and I just want to add this too. A black man created the Spider-Verse. The the story producer behind uh Spider-Man the animated series he created the Spider-Man uh, Spider-Verse. It wasn't, there was a white guy that's getting all the credit right now, but it was actually a, a black dude. So I just want to put that out there because a lot of our creatives go under, uh, overlooked and underrated and underappreciated. So a black oh, man created that universe. His name, his name is, jo- his name is John Simper. He, um, him, he was the story editor behind the 90s animated, um, movie. I mean, 90s animated cartoon, and they used a lot of his uh, storytelling for a lot of the Spider-Man movies, and um, they definitely used it as far as the Into the Spider-Verse, because I don't know if you remember, there was an old cartoon episode where it was like a bunch of different Spider-Man. There was an episode yeah. when, is, if you is remember- that where the meme came from? Right, right, right. So- Oh, that, I was right. No, that's not, that's not where it came from, but- this, I mean, I can, I can send you if you follow me on Critics of Culture. I'll, I'll send you the source material. But just know there's a there's a black man there's a black man behind a lot of the dope creative stuff that we like. Even the X Men '90s cartoon, there was a black man that was the story story editor behind that series too. So I just, I just definitely that's why I, I just want to give y'all y'all flowers, yo. I love y'all's platform, and I thank you and Charlemagne for coming together and, and you know giving y'all a, a bigger voice because I feel like the blur demographic that's on social media still has yet to really like find their space where we could come and and promote our content and share our stories and just have these conversations debates and discussions i still feel like this should be a breakfast club for the blurred space oh yeah most definitely yeah yeah like (laughs) we gotta pit on for like our fellow niggas like we gotta tell niggas that like hey we black, oh, and, like we from the trap and shit, but hey, we all from the hood. We know about this comic book and video <laughs> game shit, cuz. But man, like uh, dead ass. And same, same goes to you though. You you doing it big, bro? Been, like the accolades you have, writing with Marvel and all the stuff you're doing on social media, bro. And like 
and everything in between. Like it's amazing. It's an amazing feat to have, bro. And we appreciate you know sharing the time with us and us just being able to talk and blurt out with you, bro. Uh, thanks. That that means a lot. I'm I'm just like you, bro. I still work a nine to five. I'm still you know Same. waiting for that big that big opportunity myself. Right. So it's 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 a grind. You gotta you gotta figure out how to how to make that balance between you know creating your content and doing what you love and also living within your reality. So you know we we we, we gonna make it. We gonna get there together and um. We definitely gonna lift each other up because um you know us blurs gotta stick together most definitely you know it well, when we all quit our jobs then we do this shit full time we can be like hey y'all we made it <laughs> exactly well, well um before we let you go we want you to give out your socials and and just to throw out anything you're gonna be got coming up or anything you want to promote uh we're gonna give the floor to you okay um I just talk your shit, <laughs> I just want to give uh, some shout outs. Um, shout out to my guy Ethan, Ethan Murphy. He has a graphic novel called Slate and Ash. They just did a um development deal with Platinum Studios. That's the same studios that brought you Men in Black. Um, he's doing his thing. Hopefully, gonna make an adaptation of his story. Um, whether it be movies, TV show, they still freaking all that stuff out. But definitely want to give him a shout out. Um, shout out to all the other um social media influencers and creatives out there in this blur space i want to give a special shout out to frankie fantastic frankie y'all should definitely have her on here she be she be going in on the uh you know the male the male demographic of uh blurred so you know even though we we can disagree to disagree i still think it's good to have that dialogue even if you disagree with someone so um you know and i i think this would be a dope platform to have those discussions let's see what else yeah follow me on critics of culture um critics of culture on instagram I make memes. If you need anything creative, if you need promo, um, I'd be happy to help. Just hit me up. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm easy to get in, in, in contact with. My rates are fair, so I don't charge a whole lot for promo. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it, man. I'm an open book. I love to have these discussions. I'm like I said, I'm a, I'm a whole blur myself. We're gonna go to a quick break, but when we come back, we have writer, comedian, actor Roy Wood Jr. joining us after this. Blur shit 24-7, bitch. All right, and we are back. We got a very special guest here. Bam, 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 bam. I actually, another Daily Show writer, uh, very incredible comedian, uh, and fellow blurred and gamer also, Mr. Roy Wood Jr. What's happening? What's good? What's going on with y'all, man? Man, kicking it. High as hell. Yeah. Yeah, about the same over here, man. Just managing fatherhood and trying to pray this boy got to go to school every day. Get a get a damn email from the school every day about COVID shit. I'm like, oh, Lord, don't let this be the one. <laughs> <laughs> got to stay home. <laughs> you trying to keep him out the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm like, look, you need to go get some germs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't be in this house all the time. Strengthen your immune system. Go outside. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it works, man. Whatever works, man. But that's it, man. I'm chilling, man. All right. Uh, Like we previously mentioned, uh, of course, you you got the the special come out on Paramount Plus on uh, Plus on a. well, actually, tomorrow, January nineteenth, uh, if I'm correct. Yeah, it's streaming now, man. In perfect messenger, man. Going on and bootleg oh, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on some of them bootleg hey, sites, man. Yo, I don't know what it is, but I still go to bootleg sites just to see what's on there. Even though I got like with all this streaming right. shit, I got access to mm-hmm. everything legit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So but sometimes even, so you don't mind people bootlegging your shit because you still bootleg shit. I don't. It's karma because <laughs> it's a circle of life. Yeah, because like I used to bootleg hard in them DVD days. Oh one, oh two, you know, just a yep. broke road comic, and then I fucked around and got a um, a laptop with a DVD burner. Oh yeah, a play. DVD burner, nigga. That's when they. Put, it was that's a when the world rap, was bro. over with. It was a wrap, bro. Five dollars a movie, Boy, dude. They used to come in the barbershop and, so, and everything back in the day. Yeah, and what you think I used to do? I used to go in the barbershop and Buddy would give you five for twenty, five a pop, oh, yeah. or he would give you five for twenty, and I would go and hit a lick, and then that's what I would watch all week on the road when I was doing comedy. And then when I started doing morning radio and I was doing prank phone calls, cats was bootlegging the fuck out of my prank phone calls. 
And like not even just but not just the shit on CDs, like they was taking Lucy's off the internet that I'd never even put on a project. I'm like, how'd you get you recorded this off the radio? <laughs> and but I couldn't get mad at it because it was opening my audience up. That so you, you know, yeah. So that's how you know you somebody. I ain't never been mad at it, man. You know, I just know that I'm at an age and a point in my career where I should probably be proud to pay $7.99, and I do. But every now and then <laughs> mm-hmm. I just swing on over there just to just to see. Just to see what y'all I, up to over here. I know when what I didn't pay got. my I didn't pay my Disney Plus bill one month, and I had to bootleg uh, the rest of uh, Captain America. Uh, Not the rest. Winter yeah, Soldier. The rest of yeah, the Winter Soldier. And, yeah, I had to bootleg the rest of that. And yeah, uh-huh. I ain't. I ain't why are you admitting the stranger that? Why are you admitting the federal crimes on live, man? Come on, man. Allegedly. Yeah, we were talking about old stuff over here, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Statue about, of limitations. You know. Allegedly. I said, oh yeah, one, yo ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's like uh, five months ago. I have a file on my desk. Let me screen share with y'all right now. <laughs> like, shit. Who was who you who you who you recording this conversation for, Eli? Like, what's going on, bro? So, uh, speaking on the Daily Show, that's like it's one of my favorite shows. I love political humor and stuff like that. So, where where do you where do you um, get your uh, inspiration for when you writing for shows like that? How do you get your inspiration and stuff? Man, for me, the best pieces is, it's kind of like stand-up where I want a topic that black folks will look at and go, that's what we've been trying to tell you. And then white folks look at it and go, wow, I didn't know that. And then finding the jokes that kind of sit in the middle of that. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing about tackling black issues with satire, if I'm being honest, you know, black people, we're very literal people. Like, especially when it comes to humor, because we've been lied to for so much. Like, satire is like, I'm faking being this thing, but I'm really not. And the funny is that I'm pretending to, like, you can't do that with black folks. You got to tell the truth Mm -hmm. and find the humor within the truth. So that's why, that's what, that's the type of stuff that draws me. Like, one of the first pieces we did on the show, shit, I had to be here two months, not even. It was the uh, 20th anniversary of the Million Man March. And so the motto of the of the 20th anniversary was justice or else. I don't know why I'm telling you niggas. You niggas know what the fuck it is. Yeah, we know. <laughs> so why am I talking down to y'all like I'm talking to some white journalist? Or <laughs> hey. What happens, man? So, yeah. so, all right, so, you know, so it's justice or else. So I go to Trevor and I go, yo, man. I think white people got a twisted on what justice or else means. So you don't have to show up to a black event and joke on black people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, mm-hmm. let me just show this is what we're doing. This is why we're here. Yeah. And then you go to the white side of D.C. and go, yo, they marching across town for justice or else. What do you think or else means? Now, if you ask a black person what or else means, you already know. It's mm-hmm. all upliftment. We going to fight and we going to vote, whatever. But then I'm going to ask white people. Random things. <laughs> yeah. I said, what do y'all think or else means? Uh, violence or riots. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's what they think every time. Every and so, time. And so that's the So I ain't got to do no work, bro. The it's joke so is right there in the truth. They open mm-hmm. the door for you. The joke is just showing. Yeah, they open the door for you. So it's just a matter of just showing what was already right there for everybody to see that was rooted in truth. That's the, Those are the pieces that I like the most, that I want to do the most. Now, you, you know, you got knickknack stuff you got to do. And, and those stories are fine. But the stories that I really like look back on and go, yeah, that was one where... I know no one else could have done. There's no other show on television with a person on their team who could have went and did what I did that day for that piece. Yep. And made it work. And make it work. Because you also, you're around black folks with a fucking camera, bro. That is dangerous. It's more dangerous than having a gun. A gun, a gun is less stressful to be on a block with a gun because they might have a gun too. So they ain't worried about a fucking gun. Guns don't talk. Cameras do. Yeah, you ever pull out your camera in front of like your hood homeboys? Like, ah, don't, don't be taking no pictures, bro. I don't see no pictures. Bro. We <laughs> they went, don't need to see my face, cuz. Yeah. We was on the True. south side of Chicago, and I did a piece with some gang interrupters. And essentially, it, it, Ceasefire Nonviolence was the name of the organization. And the group is comprised of, you know, a lot of former gang members and they literally walk block to block every night and talk to all the crews to try and keep the peace between rival crews. Yeah. All they do is mediate bullshit up and down the block. And they're more respected than the, 
than the cops. They're more respected than social workers. And I walked the block with them to watch them do what they do. And, you know, Daily Show, it's huge. You know, it's two, three cameras. You got a dude holding a boom mic. You got, in the, you got the little production assistant carrying water. It's too many fucking strangers on this block. So before we could go, literally, before we could walk down a block, the cats that we were walking with would go up the block to get the blessing of the niggas who ran that block for us to come up the block with the cameras. It do be like that. Just to be able to tell our story, there's still ways you got to move. Like, hey, they're okay. Through yep. our spaces, even as a black, and I'm I'm black. My daddy is a Chicago OG from back in the day. And I, I didn't went to a black college. We don't give a fuck. You ain't from this block. We don't mm-hmm. know you. So yeah. So the cats with ceasefire, um, stop the violence would have to go up the block. Hey, this is who they are. They're with us. This is what we're doing. But we got a good piece out of it. And then you're able to put something on TV when motherfuckers love to turn around and say that black folks don't care about Chicago. And that yep. y'all ain't doing nothing about black on black crime. Because that's the first thing y'all love to say. So let's go do a piece that proves that that's not true. The black folks are the ones who marching in every day to change Chicago. They the people who live there. So I, There you go. That's why I hate when people say that. They do a whole bunch of stuff about Chicago. So yeah. I hate when people say stuff like that, man. Yeah, so those are the pieces I like, man. The ones that's rooted in some real shit that are, where it's hard to find the jokes because those are the most rewarding ones. Now, uh, getting, uh, I have a stand-up question. I just, just got it. Because I've seen both of your specials, uh, Father Figure and uh, the second one. I forget the name. Uh, no One Loves that. You. Yeah. No One Loves You. I mean, I, I love the way... Like you set up your jokes, like you you'll have. I, I'm seeing it where you have your setup and then the punchline, but you use that same punchline and turn it around and like at the end and it be, you know what I mean? I love like yeah, I try to call back yeah, like the chicken nugget one, <laughs> the McDonald's yeah. chicken nugget one. Like I love how you do that. Like is that something that you develop starting out or is it something that you had to grow into doing something like that? I kind of grew into it. I I still think that Chris Rock is probably the best at callbacks because he only does them once i kind of do them multiple times like it's a thread through but chris rock will close with a fucking huge like and you just never saw it coming and it just like bigger and blacker where um we talked about the big piece of chicken and he set that up 10 minutes in and then like 50 minutes later calls it brought it back He's got Chris Rock had a half hour special before Bring the Pain called Chris Rock Big Ass Jokes. I'm not going to even spoil the punchline. It's a 30 minute special. If you can find that on HBO Max, or you find that, or I'll send you the link to the bootleg sites. <laughs> yes. There is a massive callback that he closes on that you just never see coming. And it's fucking magical. I don't know. It's it's fun to find ways to kind of play with words a little bit, but it's not something I write and I go, yeah, then I'm going to put a callback. Each joke is created. Each joke is individually owned and operated. And then as you start putting the act together, you start recognizing places where, oh, I can make a mention of that here. And that would be funny again to say here. Because it ties into the, you know, it's like the, like I did the bit in Father Figure about how this is pre-allied t-shirts and pussy hats and Black Lives Matter. But I did a (laughs) joke about how you can't tell good white folks from the bad white folks. And that's part of the problem. That's why we don't trust white people because y'all look, you know, so we need a wristband. You know, (laughs) there needs to be a wristband that white folks wear that they can just show black folks. So then that joke is alone by itself. As I'm building my act and I start seeing places in my act where white people have done good things and there was an act out and it's unrelated to racism, it would be just be cool in the middle of this joke if I just get this person a wristband. That, that see when you, you when you hit it with the the, the flight captain like that yeah moment, like I was that was brilliant like, <laughs> like it had me rolling like because you know you set it up really well you didn't know where it was going but then you popped out the wristband thing I was like ah oh, yeah that, and that's- the the hard part is hiding callbacks because at no point do I call the captain a white man that's the other thing that I try to do is I try mm-hmm. not to say black or white unless I explicitly have to. Yeah. Otherwise, it's understood in the voices. Because if I say white person, then you're on alert. Because I said white person earlier when I said wristband. So is he going to do it again here? And so people can come to, sometimes see the punchlines coming, which I guess isn't always the worst thing in the world, but you'd rather be surprised. I know there's another method. I, I think I, it was on Rogan. I seen you talking about where when you're writing, your when you're working out your material, you, you go to two different environments. 
to work out that material. Yeah, you gotta you gotta see how the verbiage works. In New York, I'll just run it to test the theories of it, to just stress test it. And then I'll go to like mainstream rooms and just put the joke up just to see what middle America thinks of it, to make sure it's not an out to make sure I'm not out of touch Smart. with middle class. Then you go to black people to see how to perform it and how to enhance it. Because if it's funny to black folks, I already know everybody else gonna get in line. But yeah. I don't. I don't need to be going to black to a black audience testing the premise. Is this fun? Mm-hmm. No, I know it's funny. Now, how do I make sure this connects with us? Because mm-hmm. that's the ultimate goal. So, do I need to change this word? Do I need to pick up the tempo? Do I need to pause here? Maybe I'm explaining it too much because, you know, when you talk to black folks, there's a lot of stuff that's just unsaid that you don't have to say because you ain't got to spoon feed certain parts of the joke to them. You know, like the, which is why, like, before I tape a special, I go to Peoria, Illinois, and then I go to Atlanta, Georgia, in that order. And then I tape the special. Yeah, Peoria, (laughs) Illinois, like, just... It's the home of John Deere tractors. Literally, that's their corporate headquarters. I was thinking Richard Pryor, but you're- you're He's there too, (laughs) but there's a lot more broke white folks there. (laughs) Lawn mowers, line run mowers, airwell, park-like cars. It's also a city where it's not a lot of rich people, bro. So you coming Mm. in here talking all that rich shit, motherfucker, I'm living check to check. Talk to me about some Mm. real shit that I can relate to that's going to connect. So that keeps you honest with middle America and then black folks, you go talk to black folks to make sure that that delivery is on point, you know, and sometimes you, and you tweak it along the way, you know, you do other black rooms, but Atlanta is like the last cherry on top. Let's make sure this is what I think it is. I mean, that's always one thing I wanted to like ask you personally about, you know, the way you, you're working out your material and the way you the white it. Cause I always thought it was an interesting take that you, I mean, an interesting method that you do. And I mean, get an inside look on it's pretty dope. Like, from all of your specials and seeing what you do on the Daily Show, like your writing is it, it is something like I don't know. I can't think of the word because if I use a big word, I'm gonna use the wrong big word. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, man, I, all I'm trying to do, bro, with everything I do, Daily Show, stand up, whatever, is mm-hmm. take a topic everybody's been talking about and find an angle that nobody's talked about yet. That's it. So you just figure that out from just researching the issue. Watch a lot of interviews, see who's saying what on it, read all the comments see what folks are already saying about it so you know the totality of the discussion. And then you're able to pick off the places where you can introduce something new or you can present a whole new prism, you know, to the argument. You know, you know, I have a bit in my new special, Imperfect Messenger, about the whole black, you know, you know, like, you know, black Americans ain't fucking with black Brit actors playing famous niggas in movies or whatever. You yeah. know, like that's, yeah. that's the my thing. head up every time. Yeah, why is it a British person playing Dr. King and Harry? How Tuck? how is he fucking doing the voice that goddamn good? They good. <laughs> they just they good. Back. That's they what I'm saying to the joke. Right back. I'm but, like, bro, magic witch. So the argument is that argument. The surface argument that has been had is our role should be played by our people. And right. then you get into like you can't even get into the ADOS of it because white folks. Be, then you gotta like explain you know it's like hard explaining right there see what i'm saying and so but even within that joke okay you present this argument should black brits be allowed to play black americans and i could have that argument on stage but the deeper discussion is the deeper truth is that why are we mad about it as black american Mm -hmm. and it comes from a level of distrust and not knowing shit about black Brits because we don't know your pain. And if I don't know your pain as a people, I don't trust you to portray my pain on camera. Like that's, I don't feel like you've walked that walk. And I, and the, the argument I'm making in the premise of the bit in the special is that if we knew more of their pain, we wouldn't have these discussions as often. But we don't know shit about foreign racism because they don't teach us that shit. No, everything is America-centric in America. Yeah, you're right. And so, the, and I say, and I literally verbatim in the special, I say, we just started talking about Tulsa and that happened around the corner. All right. So we still covering American racism and nigga, they trying to take that shit out the history books. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't know shit about whatever the fuck black Brits didn't been through and went through and destroyed. You know what I mean? And that doesn't necessarily make it a foolproof argument for Idris Elba being 
whoever the fuck, uh, David Oyelowo, but yeah. it is a new angle to the conversation to consider. Because when you look at Africans, we don't fucking jump, we don't jump bad at Africans the way we do black Brits. There's a mm-hmm. definite argument between black Americans and Africans, but that's rooted in Africans being arrogant or being portrayed as arrogant. But part of why Africans are fucking arrogant is because the only thing we know about them is that they fucking poor and they war torn. And we know that's a lie because we know if you point a camera at the real shit that's happening in Africa, it ain't all dirt and pot bellies. Yeah. Right. Mm-mm. So we're poisoned by our own media to think they're one way. So they come over here and overcompensate and how they relate. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that, so that's the spine. That's the spine of the thought. And then I have to go, all right, how do I make that funny? Cause it ain't a fucking lecture. I ain't fucking killer Mike. I ain't Dr. Umar. (laughs) I don't know how to articulate shit the way them niggas do. All I got is jokes. So how do I take this angle of an issue that at the surface is should they or shouldn't they? I don't want to have that conversation in my jokes. Let's talk deeper about why we're even pissed in the first place. And then you can choose to agree or disagree. But if I make you laugh, at minimum, I've done my job. And that's the thing I always respect about George Carlin and Chris Rock is that they could get you to laugh even if you didn't agree with them. Especially Carlin. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) One of Chris Rock's greatest lines of any special is when he tells the audience, boo if you won't. But you know I'm right. <laughs> like telling yeah. the audience, I don't give a fuck if you disagree with me. You know, like that. To me, that's kind of that's where my head goes on a lot of this shit. Man. Someone forgot we needed the break, but I didn't. Sorry, guys. <laughs> More Royal Junior after this. Welcome back, everyone. Let's get right back into the interview. Well, let's 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 get into some blurred talk because okay, uh, uh. uh because <laughs> a lot of uh, going back to your jokes a little bit you got a lot you got a couple of uh superhero based jokes like I, I love the one where luke cage he can't save the world because he's too busy <laughs> saving queens yeah like, yeah what's black up? superheroes so, have to focus on neighborhood luke cage a 20 episode series that nigga never left harlem <laughs> <laughs> He went to he went to Midtown once to help Daredevil. The hood <laughs> needed him. <laughs> but now, nah, random so, segue. I got my best next. Oh no! Yeah, go ahead. I've asked enough. <laughs> I had to let you get your uh, comedian talk out the way. Go ahead. <laughs> Off top of the head, who is your most trash superhero? Go. I was about to ask the opposite of that. But yeah. I know that's why I was like, that's why I was like, nah, I'm gonna fuck him up with this. One. He I mean, just asked, like, why is he here? Well, the middle brother, Brady Bunch sister. My fave is Wolverine, so that's just a quick answer. But Hawkeye is pretty useless. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know that I want to say Black Widow, but I don't want to get canceled. Let me put it this way. Oh, we trashed that movie. She wouldn't be the first one I choose. <laughs> like, like if the like if the danger is like the portal opens. And uh-huh. niggas is coming through the portal to fuck shit up. And they go, Roy, you can call two super, you can call any two superheroes. I would not call Black Widow. True. You ain't never lied. That's she- like calling the police, basically. You <laughs> 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 know, call DPD or something. I tell you the superpower I always wanted, I always wanted to be Nightcrawler. That was the one I used to imitate growing up. I used to That's pretend like, yeah, that I could teleport across the room. And I would like make the make the sound as I like across the room and shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Hawkeye Hawkeye is a second teamer for sure. Like I'm not I'm he's not high on my depth chart. When they were making the movies, I don't know what made them say, let's put Hawkeye and Black Widow in the main Avengers. I don't understand. They, Hawkeye's they, only they good, were only for super. a minute. Hawkeye's main superpower is not just the arrows, it's just he has to be able to hide good. Nah, you wanna know his most powerful <laughs> superpower of all? <laughs> He got heart. <laughs> he, he got so heart. Does, he got a high so does fucking Rocky Balboa. You wouldn't. Uh, you uh, wouldn't choose Rocky to stop niggas coming through a portal. True. Yeah. Hey, Rocky, D- gonna yeah. Rocky gonna square up. What you wanna do? Let's go, Let's go, Thanos. You look like a whip to me. Dude, oh, I would say cyborg, but ever since that Josh Whedon shit came out, oh, we just talked about the. Where he like, we, we, we just were just trash that nigga's acting. 
And I feel bad now because it's like, all right, was it the script? Was it the act? Because if a director doesn't believe in an actor, then they will sometimes give them bad direction or yeah. not give the actor corrections to make the scene better. Better. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm like, all right, Cyborg, Cyborg, Cyborg is like the Punisher. And I'm 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 an old nigga. I'm 43. So I remember the Dolph Lundgren Punisher with Lou Gossett Jr. from the Damn. 80s. Dang. The OG. I saw that bitch once. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever seen it. it and it was would, on a VHS. <laughs> <laughs> I give you the bootleg link later. I think it's, it's <laughs> yes. There's two for two. <laughs> that Punisher was terrible to me. Like, even not knowing the comic books as a kid, it didn't quite connect. But I didn't completely write the character off. And I felt like what they did with Thomas Jane was, it was fine. I didn't buy Travolta as a as the yeah. villain in that version of The Punisher. I mean, Bernthal, I mean, that's that's the most visceral and real part. Like, that was like some Christian Bale, Batman level. Yeah, he was just turned to the max, like, hella cocaine. They just sniffed cocaine. It's like, I yeah. got, we redoing Punisher. So so the problem now is that if you go back and watch the Dolph Lundgren Punisher from the 80s, it's like going from cocaine to sniffing super glue. Like, it's just not going <laughs> to hit. It ain't going to hit the same. But my point is with Cyborg, I think I think I think the Cyborg character deserves another at bat. Hopefully, with that same brother back in yeah. the suit. The stuff that Jocelyn was, like, was saying, I just don't understand it all, man. I, yeah, the suit well, was just killing it for well, me in general. Like that well, shit gave this, me a stroke. Like my theory was because Ray Fisher was saying it was, Josh Whedon was like he was being racist toward him. Correct, and, and I gotta side with the brother on that. I just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You can't. Well, I ain't finna question. Especially when, especially when you see how it went. And it sounds like Josh Whedon's like, nah, he, I wouldn't be a racist. He's just not a good actor. It's, yeah. it's highly believable. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to say which one is true. And that's why that whole thing got to be a push. Now, I tell you the OG shit about the old Punisher that I appreciated. He had a line at the end of the movie that's like a top, top 10 gangster ass movie line. He kills the mobster or whoever the fuck the bad guy is, right? He kills him, right? right? And then the mobster's son walks in the room and sees his dead father's body on the ground. The kid's like nine or ten. And he's looking at his dead father. And he looks up at the Punisher all angry. But he know he ten. He bitch nigga. He can't do I shit. Can't do shit. <laughs> can't fa you can't fade me. So little what the fuck nigga. <laughs> so Punisher, Punisher squats down, looks this little motherfucker in the eyes. He goes, you're a good boy. And I hope you grow up to be a good man. But if you don't, I'll be waiting. <laughs> and then a fucking guitar riff, and then they cut to the Punisher riding a motorcycle in the it's sewer. so 80s. That's the most gangster yeah. thing ever. Yeah, that's such an 80s line, but yeah. like, that's some wild shit to kill a nigga's daddy in front of him and then just go, nigga, you next if you want to jump up. I'll I be waiting. God, you better go to college and live a great life, nigga, or else. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's totally 80s. It's totally 80s, but... At the time, that was a fucking... I was like, yeah, man, Dolph Lundgren. You also got to remember, this is Dolph Lundgren. It's like prime Dolph Lundgren, right? Fuck, is this before or after Rocky IV? It's in the right, same... before. Yeah, it's got to be well before. Yeah, Rocky IV came out in the 90s, early, like 90s. I said it was like, like six, five, six years. It was late Yeah, 80s. Yeah, because there was... He did... I'm trying to think when Universal Soldier came out. That was like 92... No, nah, that was like 91... Yeah, The Punisher, 1989. Universal Soldier. 92. Yeah, okay, yeah, Rocky, no, Rocky Four came out first, yeah. Okay. Rocky Four in 85, and then The Punisher in 89. Yo, this nigga had a run, bro. <laughs> Rocky yeah. Four, he played He-Man in Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Red wow. Scorpion. Yeah, he was. Then he, he was, was The Punisher. He was, he was the rock without charisma. <laughs> <laughs> he was the boulder. <laughs> the boulder. But also in that in that era though, he was going up against Arnold Schwarzenegger for all the muscle Who's movies. Superstar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Arnold was just Arnold was the, just gonna get everything. Arnold was just the man. He had way more charisma than him. He was making money off the worst movie concepts I ever heard of in my life, but they was working though. Oh, Last killer. action hero is the greatest, most underrated Arnold Schwarzenegger movie ever though. He parodied the fuck out himself right there and made it work. <laughs> I need to go watch that. True Lies is still my joint. 
I oh, true the, lies was. I the crazy thing though cool. is that the eighties was so prime for video games based on movies because the premises were so straightforward and like none of them were. I don't what what y'all blurred. So let me ask y'all a question. What do you think is worse? Video games based on movies or movies based on video games? Movies based on video games. All right, that's fucked up. Yeah, hands movies. Yeah, based on video to... games are awful. <laughs> it, awful. I can name a couple. I can name a couple video game adaptations of like movies that were better than the actual movie. So yeah, but a movie never actually hit. The movie never gonna hit. Battleship is probably the worst. Oh, you talking Battleship with Rihanna? Like, oh no, my god! Board, I hate, no, don't put you, that it on. It was a board game. Don't put that on Rihanna. That wasn't her fault. Hey, Clue is still the greatest board game That's movies fair. ever. They made a, They, they made, made a that shit work and gave yeah. that bitch three alternate endings before they made alternate endings. Yeah, that's it. That one's good enough. It's basically Knives Out, same energy. Yeah, true. Like, before it was could, Knives Out. Yeah, Knives Out before Knives Out. Um, Wing Commander was pretty terrible as a video game, as a movie based on a video game. I still act like the Super Mario Brothers movie never existed. Come on, dog. Even John Leguizamo oh, yeah. act like they I hate exist. it. I hate it so much. It's like I hate to watch it. It's like I hate to love that movie so much. It's one of them. It's see, like I know this shit bad, but ah. Uh, but see, even in knowing watching. that, I think both genres are generally more missed than hit. But there's part of me that still wouldn't mind a Zelda or a Metroid, really? especially a Metroid. I wouldn't, but like, try it. That's a Sim- legacy title. Would you Simus rather that? Is a tough one. I think Zelda will work better. I think Zelda will work yeah. better. I feel yeah. honestly on some yeah. spacey shit. You know, we got we done seen all these alien movies and shit. If 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 Simus was an alien com- covenant, shit would have been different. Um, Resident Evil works okay. It did at first. I don't know I about think, now. Uh, Metroid would work. <laughs> Metroid would work as a movie, and Legend of Zelda would probably work better as a Some series. Apple Plus shit. That's got Apple Plus vibes. Or Netflix, like a uh, The Witcher or something. Yeah, it could. Work It'd like be that. tough to live action adaptate Zelda. You you are you you're a big Marvel fan. Uh we can already tell. Uh so what do you think of Marvel's most recent slate uh this past year with all the shows? I haven't the seen most of it yet, man. I only seen Teen Rings. I gotta go back and grab uh Black Widow. I know everybody's saying don't bother, but I'm a purist. See, I, so, I feel you. You just gotta I watch it to, to know. Gotta see them all. The only Marvel films I never watched was Thor. I think I watched Which one? The, the first Thor. I didn't see the other two. Ragnarok and Rocking in Las Vegas or whatever the fuck the third one is nah, gonna be. Ragnarok is probably the best. Rock one around the, the Ragnarok around the world. What do you call it? And I don't know. <laughs> and it's good you don't remember the second one name for that movie. Yeah, was just that bitch's ass. They say Ragnarok is good. I'll go back and watch it. Um, Ragnarok was straight. I need to see Eternals. I haven't seen any wow. of the Marvel TV series, and everybody keeps saying that um, WandaVision is amazing. And they say, uh, I want to see Falcon and Winter Soldier because I think Anthony Mackie's a solid dude. He did his shit. So, that's a good. That's a good one right there, Falcon. Winter and he's Soldier. back. He's back as Cap for the uh, yeah. theatrical run too. So good yep, for yep. him. Man. So he'll, he'll, it's like good. the series make more sense in the bigger picture than the actual movies. Besides Spider Man, yeah, it's more money in that. Touch. It's more money in the series. Um, now I, then I'll go. I'll knock out Spider Man. Probably I'm planning this weekend, but I want to see Eternals and um, the other shit before I fuck with uh, Spider Man. Before we uh get you on out of here, we don't want to take yeah. up too much of your time. Can we get a little info on what your specials about, man? Can you tell the audience about your special? Man, Imperfect Messenger is streaming now on Paramount Plus, and we talked about everything from race to Meghan Markle. Um, <laughs> the prison reform. Like, I just took stuff that you shouldn't be laughing at and tried to figure out a way to make some of that shit funny. That's usually the best one. Yeah. <laughs> gotta, you know, know, we got black folks got to laugh through the pain. You know how it goes. Oh, shit. You know, I and I tried joke. to bring it full circle from that first special and acknowledge the fact that white people got shirts tonight. You can, it's a convenient time to be an ally. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just that's buy sad, a shirt, let know. motherfuckers know where you stand. Back in the day, you just had to smile at niggas and hope that they <laughs> figured it Do out. Not. You know, get it together, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's all it is, man. You can watch on Paramount Plus. It might still be streaming on ComedyCentral.com, but we'll see. Okay, man. We appreciate you for joining us. Man, bro. I appreciate y'all honor. for fucking with me, man. I'm sorry it took me so long to get on the line, man. This our first super big ass interview of the year, so shit. It's straight up from here, niggas. Nah. Well, there it is, man. Well, hey, y'all you're our have second a- daily show writer. 
Right? I want some shit. I just thought about that. Damn. Yeah, it's a lot of blurs in the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta stick yeah, together. Well, we cut, cut it off. Can we get get uh can you tell the people where they can find you? Social media. Yeah, like at Roy Wood Jr. is my name. Put an at sign in front of it. Put a dot com behind it. If you can't figure that out, you stupid. And I don't want you. To, I don't want to talk to you. No. <laughs> fucking with dumb people. I ain't got no time for that shit, man. So, well, all right, everybody. Roy that's Roy Wood Jr. Man, I uh, appreciate make sure y'all. Check man. out his special. We appreciate uh, having you, bro. On Paramount Plus. Woo! Uh, that's, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I butchered that. <laughs> yeah. It happens, All man. right, man. It's all love, man. All right. We've come to an end to another incredible, incredible episode. Let's sign off. Dre, let's start with you. I just enjoy the purple octopus. Just follow me on all social media. at popcorn the zombie. I'm going to be streaming this shit, y'all. So just hit me up. Bing, bam, boom. Tony? BX Bash on all platforms. I'm not sick anymore, so I'm back at it. Follow me. I also made a music video. Check it out. It's pretty cool. Follow me on Twitch at the Sami Live. Don't forget, hey, y'all, bro. Follow me on Instagram at the real Sami Live. Hey, y'all, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing my rep. Make sure y'all follow the Trap Nerds podcast, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thank you guys. Shout out to Rowell Junior. Shout out to Chris Mouse, Critics of Culture. We are out of here. Peace. Oh shit, I'm crying right now. This shit is fucking Listen to the Trap Nerds podcast every Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.